Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. A 2018 study found that 94%, yes, 94%, of women who hold C-suite positions at companies are former athletes. In part two of our conversation with Nicole McCormick, now you're gonna hear from one of the best and brightest. So get ready to listen and learn. Team Snap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. Fall sports are in full swing, and while you already know that TeamSnap can help your team stay organized, did you know they also offer tools to help you run your next tournament? Learn more about the TeamSnap Tournaments product by joining TeamSnap's live webinar on September 27th. How to run a tournament, diversify revenue streams, and get sponsorships. Visit the TeamSnap website to save your seat. A 2018 study conducted by Ernst & Young published some interesting findings, but none more startling than this statistic. 94% of women who hold C-suite positions at companies are former athletes. In highly competitive spaces where female leaders are not the norm, leave it to high-level female athletes that have the work ethic, determination, and other key qualities to rise and shine. Nicole McCormick is a wonderful example. Having excelled as a prep athlete in Ohio and playing soccer at Cornell University before transitioning to a successful career in business. Today, Nicole is the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Brand Solutions at TeamSnap, the largest online community for everything youth sports. TeamSnap is consistently rated the number one sports management platform by more than 25 million youth sports coaches, administrators, players, and parents, and over 19,000 sports organizations across more than 100 different types of sports and activities. And it just so happens that the leading sports tech company in youth sports is also this podcast presenting sponsor, a partnership that makes so much sense. But in part two of my conversation with Nicole McCormick, we're going to really dive into her perspective on women's sports, the passion she brings to aligning businesses with opportunities to invest in youth sports, and how she navigates boardrooms and meetings where she's often the exception rather than the rule. Let's get to it right now. Clearly, your parents valued girls playing sports. Yeah. And let's be honest, we're closer in age than maybe uh, the young athletes this podcast is trying to include. But there's always been a challenge with organizations and businesses and fans embracing and giving girls an opportunity to shine on the field. And I th- it's so interesting to me that I'm speaking to you. We're taping this interview the day after a world record was set, right? University of Nebraska hosted a match against Omaha at the football stadium and had just over 92,000 fans there. How do you feel about that? Uh, I saw it last night. It gave me chills. It gives me chills when you talk about it now, right? Just incredible. And what's incredible about it is, yes, now that's the record, right? Beating the prior record at Camp Nou with FC Barcelona. 
But this is not a blip. This is not a one-time occurrence. This isn't an anomaly per se. The momentum around women's sports, and my hope is that it's going to continue to trickle down into girls' sports. I like to say women's sports starts with girls in sports. But the momentum around women's sports is just so energizing for me. It's something I'm super passionate about. I sit on the advisory board of Just Women's Sports, you know, being a former female athlete. I am a season ticket holder to Angel City, which is LA's NWSL team. And when you see record-breaking viewership, record-breaking attendance, you know, this World Cup for the women was record-breaking attendance. The Matildas shattered records for viewership of their semifinal match in Australia. It's a real momentum and it is so exciting and so energizing. And I feel like it's just the beginning, quite frankly. How do you balance that as somebody who's really in a position of influence to help make an impact in that? You're a senior vice president at TeamSnap, which is, and I'm not saying it because you guys are my title sponsor, but TeamSnap is a hugely influential company within the youth sports space. I mean, one of the largest. And so how do you balance what's clearly a personal passion for you, but also something that's professional as well, right? Because that's an opportunity for not only TeamSnap, but it's an opportunity for lots of businesses to sort of get in early before things take off even more. Yeah. One of the things I feel so grateful for right now is exactly what you said. I've found a way to blend what I do every day in my professional life and the expertise and skills I've honed over a career and bring that to something that I am so passionate about, which is youth sports. So when you talk about the opportunity TeamSnap has to make an impact here, that's one of the primary reasons I came here and in particular my role. So what I do is I get brands who are investing billions of dollars in professional and collegiate sports. And I go talk to them about all of the passion that exists in youth sports with these kids, but with their parents, with their families, and talk to them about investing in youth sports. It's good business because you can make these meaningful, authentic connections with parents But it's also impactful and good for communities because what we do is offer national brands the opportunity to sponsor local youth sports organizations at scale. And so I feel like every day I get to serve what I've done my whole career, which is work in advertising and marketing and work with brands to connect with consumers. But I get to serve local youth sports organizations by funneling some of those sponsorship dollars down their way so that they can leverage it to provide access to kids who otherwise maybe wouldn't be able to play. You know, whether it's facility resident renovation, whether it's coach training, whatever it is, they really, it's, it's much needed sponsorships and funds that they, they can use. Now, I know your expertise also was in sales and things like that, and you worked at a pretty well-known company, uh, Quibi. What was that experience like, and how do you apply that important role that you played there into what you're doing now with TeamSnap, and then something that's more specific to sports, which is clearly one of your passions? Yeah, Quibi was an amazing experience. Learned a ton. First of all, I worked for two phenomenal leaders in Meg Whitman and Jeffrey Katzenberg and learned a ton from the two of them. And it was an experience of, first of all, we were building something new, innovative from the ground up. 
but then also, quite frankly, Quibi, right, did you know, cease to exist. And what lessons you learned from when it didn't work or why it didn't work, what you could have done differently there. And also, how do you gracefully, for me, how do you gracefully answer that? I had a bunch of brand partners uh, who had invested yeah. us. And how do you make sure that when you do make the call that it's time for something to end, you do so in a way that does no harm, so to speak, to your partners who came on the journey with you, right? So there were some important lessons for me there. What do I apply now? The big thing I think I learned there, I had deep, deep partnerships with 10 of the world's leading brands and got to sit at the table with them and really understand what they cared about, what they were looking for. A lot of them also talked about being a force for good and a force for growth. And so now when I come to TeamSnap and I'm working with brands, really having a deep understanding of what they're looking for and then helping figure out, well, then how can we meet your needs while also, again, meeting the needs of local youth sports communities and sort of matchmaking in that way? Yeah. I'm big on that idea of, you know, looking for the win-win, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think so many people are just so selfishly thinking, hey, what's in it for me? And I think that's the opportunity is, well, what's in it for you and what's in it for this population of people that we're trying to help? And then, and then be also honest about what's in it for you personally as well, or, you know, professionally, obviously. Now, one of the things that I thought was really interesting just in sort of doing my research, as you mentioned, you're, you're on board, you're a senior leader at a big youth sports company, but you're generally not in there with a lot of other women. How do you balance that? Just because sports is so male dominated, yeah. uh, and that's something yeah. that you've had to experience quite a bit throughout your career. How do you deal with that? Yeah. I mean, right now I'm in the intersection of sports and technology, both of which are male dominated, right? So mm. it's definitely yeah. male dominated. And much of my career, as you said, you know, I'm, I've come up in the ranks through a lot of advertising and tech, let's say, and that is also male dominated. I find myself as the only woman in the room a lot recently. You know, it's funny. One of the stats is that 80% of Fortune 500 female executives did play sports growing up, which I think is Crazy, an amazing stat. That's yeah. an amazing stat. Absolutely. And, you know, so when we talk about, by the way, why it's so important to keep girls playing and you talked about, I think earlier we were talking about, unfortunately, kids dropping out. Unfortunately, girls drop out at a rate of sports at a rate two times that of boys by the age of 14. But when we talk about why it's so important to keep them in, I think that's a telling staff, that 80%, because I do think there's something about building confidence on the field, building self-esteem on the field. I know it's been a powerful part of my experience to then give me the confidence to get in those rooms and not feel intimidated and mm. be willing to raise my hand, speak my mind, put my voice, my opinion out there. I do think, you know, I talk about it all the time. I think it's one of the reasons I love what I do now and I'm so passionate about this space is a lot of what I draw on in those boardrooms is the same types of things that I drew on when I was nervous going into that UConn game, right? Or when I was nervous. It's how do you overcome that self-doubt? How do you overcome some of that insecurity, maybe a little bit of that imposter syndrome that female executives talk about a lot that is very real and just get past it, push through it so that you can make your contribution, you know, at the company and, and in whatever room you're in. I want to switch gears a little bit again. Tell me about your family, about your children, and just what kind of things they're interested and passionate about. 
Yeah. So I lived here in Los Angeles with my husband of almost 20 years. We will hit 20 years next year. And we have two amazing children. So my oldest, my daughter is 15 and my son is 12. We are a sports- That's the exact ages of my kids, except in reverse. My son is 15 and my daughter is 12. How fun. Yeah. Sometimes I think uh, I, I, we can compare notes sometimes. Sometimes I think the older boy, younger girl thing would be better. My, my daughter can sure be brutal on my son. Uh, she's hard on him. But anyway, they're Oh, fun. no, my older son is very brutal to his little sister. So, I yeah, I, I think that's just kind of the... Maybe that's an older sibling thing. I don't know. That's just the <laughs> oldest against it. Yeah. Well, you're the oldest, the though, right? In your family? I'm the oldest of four. I'm the oldest of four. I like to say, no, there's no way. I was never brutal. No, of course not. (laughs) (laughs) So my kids, what are they interested in? We are a big sports family. So both kids play soccer. Both kids play club soccer. My son uh, plays baseball. So he's been in Little League. My daughter also runs tracks. I swear I did not push her into soccer and track. I swear she chose it herself. Fun thing about my daughter, though, she has liked to dabble a bunch of sports, which I've loved. For a period of time, she was playing softball. In middle school, she decided to pick up a lacrosse stick. So she has dabbled uh, kind of in a bunch of things, but they definitely love their sports. Team SAP rules my life because my life is ruled by, you know, their games and everything. So it's a lot of fun. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, seankjensen.com and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap. Don't forget to visit TeamSnap's website to sign up for their next live webinar, How to Run a Tournament, Diversify Revenue Streams, and Get Sponsored. The webinar is on September 27th. Until next time, I'm Sean Jensen.